Welcome to In The Pink with me, Natalie Pinkham. Thank you so much for all your feedback on the last couple of podcasts. On Kenton Call, that extraordinary mountaineer who opened up to me about, well, what's a perilous passion of his, and that is summiting Everest, as you do. He really was so good to talk to, I really enjoyed our chat, and sounds like you did too, so thanks. And then Carl Loco, wow, what a man. Reformed gang leader who is now saving lives literally saving lives not many of us can say that and that's because he's now talking to disaffected young men about rejecting gang culture and knife crime and finding a better way in life now for quite a few of these podcasts we've been cutting them down bite-sized versions the sort of best bits of just to make them easier to listen to so you can listen to the full 45 minutes to an hour or you can listen to about 20 minutes of them so check those out from the previous series as well Right, now to someone completely different. If I said the name Bamford to you, those in F1 circles would know it well, and that's because of the family's long-term financial commitment to the sport. You'll also probably know the dynasty through JCB and Dalesford Organic, amongst other big brands. But how much do you know about George? George is the son of tycoon Lord Anthony Bamford. I can tell you now that he is a fascinating bloke. He's a man who stepped away from his family's wealth to go it alone. And in doing so, he built up a business that is now booming. So he wasn't born with a silver spoon, but more like a spanner. That's because he inherited his grandfather's and father's passion for engineering, along with a really strong work ethic. Hear how he tells me about his unique upbringing, his passion for watches, cars and Formula One is almost palpable when you talk to him. He has a constant, unrelenting drive to improve and succeed. This is a man who rarely sleeps. He is constantly designing, imagining and creating. George Bamford is a man worth listening to. Here he is. So George, it's great to be here for a start. It's called The Hive where we're sitting, isn't it? Can you just tell me about this building? It's pretty impressive. Um, So I brought the building uh, five years ago and we started, it was when we were doing the renovation. Um, The builders called my wife and I Mr. and Mrs. B. So we were like, okay. And so then this became The Hive, so The Beehive. So that was why it was called The Hive. And I love the idea of busyness happening inside the hive and so when you walk through the front door you can see that there's bumblebees and that was the only reason why was because my wife and I were called Mr and Mrs B so it was kind of that why is it called the hive I just kind of loved the idea of keeping that going from when we were building it and this hive of activity which is exactly what it is because on every floor something else is happening isn't it just talk us through that so the top floor is about watchmakers and um, so we strip and rebuild watches there um, and create our own watch as well and uh, then you've got uh, R&D department and then we've got two client rooms and the client rooms are very much about 
the finances coming into the business, but also about how we can personalize someone's watch. So when they come in, they can design on the screen, in, and we're sitting in client room one, and it is very much about how we can design for you your ultimate watch. And then you've got my my office that is all about design. So we have I have my designers with me, and we literally are looking at how can we do different colors. We, we're constantly thinking up. I, I just was printing out some images recently of different, different bezels and how can we design a bezel for this can we do that and then downstairs for me is about um product coming in and product going out so it is literally there's it's the feet of the business it runs the business and this client room as i look around it is just well it's it's gorgeous to me as a racing fan because you've got so much racing memorabilia in here and all those lovely old tag watches and books and you know, this is something that sears through the veins of the Bamford family, isn't it? And actually, well, the F1 fans listening, they'll know your name because of Formula One, yeah. uh, formerly with Williams, and then this year with, with Force India, Racing Point. What is the um, the allure of the sport for your family? Well, I would say to you is that it's not... It's racing in, in its entirety. I mean, I was going back to the old um, Le Mans days and uh, when my father and when JCB was a part of the old racing um, era. I mean, when Sterling Moss was racing for uh, for the JCB team, there was some great things. And, I, and I've, I've been seeing so many old images of our old racing series, and they're just amazing with the old cars and the old... Um, Can-Ams and there's just some really cool things and so I'd say to you is our link with racing has always been embedded in the family uh, from a very early age I mean I just saw a wonderful photograph of my father and mother walking along the pits at Silverstone um, and it was from um, I think 60s, 70s and it was just so cool and, and you know I just was like and it was a racing team behind so I would say to you is it's never something new it's always mm. been something a part of uh, part of the history but Formula One, I think that it has been a very, very good thing for us as a business. Um, so I'm talking about as a family, but also as a business. Um, Formula One is one of the best hospitality experiences that you can ever have. The other thing I would say to you is that it, it is something great and exciting. And when you look at look at the excitement of that, but you also look at engineering. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say of the crossover of engineering, there's something about this can-do attitude. Um, constantly inventing, constantly looking at how can we get better, mm. um, and I think that's ethos of JCB. But I'm not talking for JCB; I'm talking about family. Mm. But because I have a total obsession, and I look from the outside into a, uh, my family or the family business, and I go, "Wow, this is absolutely amazing." So I would say to you, is I could tell you what I think Formula One and, and JCB represent is, is this engineering, the whole experience of understanding where we are always striving for something new mm. and, you know, always trying to get things right. And that's... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Where I think on Formula One, it's the same, same thing. And the best partnerships in the sport are those born out of sort of an authentic passion for which clearly your family has I mean you actually described yourself as a frustrated engineer tell us yes. tell us about your childhood because I'm sure it's not like many people's out there it would, would have been a privileged childhood but one that um, you were busy in you were sort of always taking things apart and building them back yeah. up again and God, you've, you've done your research <laughs> um, I was probably probably one of the most annoying children um, <laughs> Even down to, I think my parents had a, a latch on the outside of my door just so then I couldn't get out. <laughs> um, but I, I, but I, I, I just remember it, could it be in there? But I don't know if it could have been there. But basically about 4.30 in the morning, I used to get up and I used to go down to the kitchen um, or the sitting room or anywhere. And I used to take things to bits and try and make them better. <laughs> And normally it was about six thirty, seven o'clock. My parents would come down, and either I'd taken the restrictor off the um, juicer and made the juicer go faster, but like literally would take your hand off by accident, or or like the TV would be in pieces. Um, uh, it was just that whole thing of like understanding how something was made. Mm. I didn't have Google or YouTube yeah. at that time, so for me, I I'm highly dyslexic, so my reading and writing is crap. I mean, really crap. So I I had to absorb information how I could absorb it. So it was TV. So I used to have tons of videos of documentaries. I used to absorb that. And then it was about actual practicalness. And so that's where, why I say to you is I'm frustrated engineer, and I probably that's the nicest thing I could say about being a friend. I never got on with the re- writing and the reading of the of engineering so i was never one of those people that could spend half a term at, at school understanding what the writing and reading was so that's why i went in as a personal person as a personal side i went into photography because for me it was take the photograph develop it and i can see the result yeah. and i wanted the same with engineering i wanted to build something with my hands here's the result I didn't want to kind of theorize about this. I was like, I know how the product's going to look and I know how I'm going to make it. And that was what, and I think the curriculum said, no, you you have to do it and you have to explain why you do it. I could explain afterwards, but I never could explain why I was, when I was doing it. Well, that's a real talent. I mean, it's so funny hearing you talk because you remind me so much of my brother. He also highly dyslexic he's the reason I got into Formula One because he took he got he bought an old banger and took it apart and rebuilt it I remember him doing this when he was about 13 and he would say to me yeah you know Con you've got to get into cars and I I got into cars to hang out with him more because he's a cooler older brother and it's just interesting here you talk because I think back then he was really frustrated at school because he was sort of 
deemed to be stupid, not very academic. Okay, sorry, sorry, Sam, not stupid, but certainly not a high achiever at school. Um, do you not think conforming. things are better, not conforming, but you think things are getting better on that front for, for people like you and my brother Sam? I'd say to you, so my children are dyslexic. They, they are, they so, are. Yeah, so, so you've got three kids. Yeah, so I would say to you is they are dyslexic. So it, 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 it's... It, you can or, see that in them already. I, I'm probably doing a disjustice to, to them, but I, knowing my wife and I, because yeah. we're both dyslexic, right. the, you know, in my family already, my father was dyslexic, my grandfather was dyslexic. Yeah. So if you trace yeah. down... There's dyslexia there, and it is genetic. I mean, it yeah. is. Yeah, so my if, brother's if, daughter's if, dyslexic as if well. It's, yeah, if it's me yeah. and my wife, you know, my kids are screwed. Really, yeah. I mean, yeah. they are going to be dyslexic. So, but I don't see dyslexia as a as something that holds you back. Yeah. I think it just you think round things in different ways. Yeah. Um, we'll look at some of the most successful people in time. Yeah. You know, Richard well, Branson and or, yeah. no, but also Pencil. in Formula One. I'm yeah. sure some yeah. of the best. Best engineers mm-hmm. are slightly on the spectrum yeah. of, of something. Yeah, Rob so, Smedley, in fact, has told me he is. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, but for me, it's not. It's not about the hang up of that. I, I, I just always was inquisitive of how things were made, mm. and I couldn't read books. Mm. So, like even an engine, I used to try and get into the JCB R and D department to go and find out how an engine worked. Um, you know, at the age of eight, I learned how to weld. I learned how to strip an engine because that was something I, 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 you know, my my summer holidays, I used to want to go to the factory and go and work and put toe tectors and, 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 uh, and overalls on. And I wanted to go and work. I want to go and build stuff. But I can imagine your grandfather and father being immensely proud of that because it would be very easy to sit back and just enjoy the fruits of their labour. The fact is you wanted to get stuck in. That's got to be a good thing, hasn't it? I, I would say yes, but, I, but we have a family motto called Jamais Contente. So we're never content. So I would say to you is that probably, uh, probably my parents, uh, my father and my mother and my my uh, my grandfather were proud of me. But it was very much like, no, no, you could do it better. You know, when I did a weld mark, so I I did my first line of weld on a, on an arm, and my grandfather said, uh, "You're a Bamford. It's got to be better." Really, and this was me being proud of doing this well, and and it was that thing of always striving for better, always trying to do better, and I think that was where I was just like, no, I've got to be better, I've got to do it better. So I went back and did it and did it and did it because what was happening was I was making bubbles and I was going in and out, but I was eight, so trying to get it right with a <laughs> stick that's that long and oh, going like this, and the stick that's bigger than you, yeah, kind of, yeah. you know, just trying to get it right, but but what was good was it, it was a learning experience of, of, of me as a child um, now you were asking was it a privileged life yes I, I, I'm, I'm not going to deny that but I would also say is that you know my father never believed that we should have the silver spoon in our mouth mm. even why I set this business up so the reason why I set this business up was because he said you're not allowed in the family business he said you have to make a success or failure on your own dime and the reason why is he said you've got to appreciate the value of a pound and so that's why i set my own business up and did you want to go into the family business oh yes did you hell yes okay. because of what it was not because it was an easy option no I, it wasn't an it wasn't an easy option right. you have to start at the bottom right. you'd have to work your way through you'd have i'd have to work in different divisions um but because I, I believed it was my blood. And what I mean is that it was yellow blood. It was that JCB blood. I, I'd, from an early age, I'd always wanted it. But, my, but 
I think what my father did was he gave me the wonderful value of saying, actually, you understand. I understand now dealer network. I understand um, customer relationships. I understand where in a big business I would never have been un- mm. understanding that. Mm. I know, you know, tax filing. I know, you know, I know everything because I had to do it. Mm. You know, I started with one desk in a big, big office and... And now we're in our own building. So I went through renting a building, you know, rent, all these different things. So I understand what I need to do. Mm. Um, now, it's not tooting my whistle because the thing is, there's a lot of mistakes I've made along the way, but mm. I have made them myself. Mm. So I know how, you know, I know something like, I know patience is, when everyone says patience is a virtue, I always go, oh, that's absolute rubbish but it is a it is a virtue it's mm. one of those things that you realize that things will be better when you have patience mm. you know they'll work themselves out you know there's situations that you and i were talking about that you're going to find ways out of different things and in, in better ways mm. and so did you do you think you set the company up to prove a point to him or to yourself or a bit of both oh i didn't it's not proving a point it's more i wanted to do something for me i mm. wanted to do something that no one could take away and do and what I mean is no one can take away. You think about things like let's let's just you know let's talk about a Formula One driver, and someone that I would say to you is is an amazing Formula One driver that everyone goes, you know, is very lucky in his place. Lance, you go Lance Stroll. Very privileged. He's got an amazing father behind him. I I'm very lucky to know him. He's not a close friend, but to know him. But that podium finish. No one, and a car that wasn't mm. up to the scratch of everyone else's, mm. that podium finish, no one can take away yeah. from him. No, Not all the billions in the world cannot buy you a podium finish. Mm. So he is a talented driver, mm. no matter what. You can't take that away from him. He is a talented driver. Mm. So when you look at it, in my business here, no one can take this away from me. Mm. I've done, you know, I've produced products. I've, so no one can say, mm. hey, you know, it's all right for him. He was gifted, yeah. yeah. Because actually it's a pretty lazy assumption to make and yeah. uh, to cast out there. And I do think that about Lance. I think he probably just gets pretty bored of the same old accusation, well, you're only here because your daddy's rich. Yeah. Okay, of course the money's helped. But as you say, and also I remember him putting it um, on the front row in Italy in the wet. Yeah. And that was a bloody good quality yeah, session. And, and fair play to him, yeah. That was talent that got him no, there. And, and the other thing is, what you just said there, I, I, I would, you know, I bloody hope his father's supporting him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is that if, if my children have a talent... Mm. I'm gonna. I, I'm not gonna put my money with someone else. I'm gonna put them with my child yeah. because I know that I'm, my child's gonna succeed because yeah. he's gonna be proud that his father's. You know, mm. so I. I kind of go. I hope that yeah. you know. It, but I mean, the trouble is, it, listen. I think it's twofold. There's obviously a lot of jealousy, yeah. and it's you know whatever, boring. But there is the there is the argument that there are other talented drivers that don't have the the pay packet behind them. But unfortunately, that is and has always been F1. Now, you might not like it, and there's plenty of people that don't, and there's plenty of... I mean, you only have to um, look at Esteban Ocon. You think, that guy should be on the grid this year, and this could kill his career, being out of F1 for a year. I'm sure it won't, because he's got enough talent, but you think that if he had millions behind him, he would be. Um, and that does yeah, seem but, slightly unfair. But, but I would, would say to you, is, and 
look, this is just my opinion, so I'm not going to be going to anyone else's opinion because I just I, we're talking about the business and how no one can take mm. this away. Mm. But what I'd say to you is, when you look at drivers now, they all come with some type of finances. Okay, yeah. You know, so they all to, yeah. they all come with you know a watch sponsor or someone. They they come with a talent that mm. that they come through. I, I yes, I could say to you is I'm, I'm sure there's certain people that haven't ri- risen through the ranks because of their talent or mm. you know, and some people. But the thing what you've just said about Lance, I would say to you is, yeah. But then you look at uh, you know some of the other guys that are on the grid throughout history. Yeah. There has always been, yeah. you know, people that have been financed throughout it. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, I think we love an underdog. We love the the story of uh, someone like Lewis coming from, you know, a working class background and not privileged. And yet, you know, and so that does make kind of box office stuff, doesn't it? Of course, and that's great. But equally, I don't think someone like Nico Rosberg should apologise for himself just because he did grow up in Monaco and all the rest of it. Because in some ways the fact that he was still hungry enough to fight for it where he could have just sat on his ass on a boat in Monaco you know there you go no, anyway but that, no, but that's a, that's it's an argument say, that will rumble on I'm sure no, but it doesn't and, matter and, and it's something I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that the people listening will go oh my god they, he, yeah, but, he doesn't know his stuff but what but, I would say but, to but, you is, you know you shouldn't have to apologise for it either no and, and I, I agree but I would say to you is that you think about I don't know let's say an Olympian you know I, I don't know which Olympian is well funded but uh, whoever is an Olympian if you're at that standard mm. you know let's say on Formula 1 you're at that standard you know yes it comes with money but still Formula 1 would not you wouldn't be allowed in no. unless you had a talent yeah, of course. Of course. you know you think about podium finish you think about what you said about in the wet yeah. you know on, on the grid yeah. you know on or, or, you know you think no one can take that away yeah. You know, you think about that talent that is so much talent. And that's where I just, you know, we're sidelining into Formula One. Yeah, right? sorry. Uh, but I would say to you is that is the cool thing. That yeah. is just, you look at that and you go, no wonder. Now, if you'd kind of taken another point of view, if you'd said, okay, he is, he's not into Formula One or whatever, I would say to you is he would still be in Formula One at some point because mm. of... He is talented. Mm-hmm. And you look at the talent. You look at what McLaren's bringing to the mm-hmm. table this year. And you scared the be- bejesus out of me. Because he was the guy that took you around in the cars. Orlando yeah. Norris, yeah. And I, so he took me around in the car. And literally I sat... You did there. a hot lap with Lando yeah. last year. Yeah, I did a hot lap at, in Bahrain. And I was in a McLaren. And I sat there. And firstly, I went, hi, how are you? And he, and he went, hi, nice to meet you. And I said, how old are you? <laughs> and he goes, I think he said 17 or something. Yeah. And I just went, and this guy, talent beyond belief. Yeah. And you go, you know, and so there is talent. There's new talent coming in. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say to you is I think that you look at around the world, there is some great talent. There's, you know, there's an amazing kid coming out of Malaysia coming soon. There's a great one coming out of, I think, Japan or China. There's a new guy coming through that will, I think he's in GP2 or, Mm. you know, but there's some really great talent. Mm. So I think that car companies are looking at what Mm. are they doing, but it's also the relevance of Formula One. You know, does it get that relevance in 
you know, and then you look at the dichotomy of the world. You know, there is value, there is high net, there is people, the underdog. There's all these wonderful stories, and I think that's what Formula One does. Yeah. That's exciting. Well, I certainly can't wait for the start of the season, which is almost upon us. Um, but but yeah, Australia. are you going to be in Australia? So, do you, how many races do you go to? Ooh, I don't know. Um, probably three or four a year. Okay. Um, okay. But I, I'm I, this year. I just I, I really want to go to Australia. I I just think to myself is everyone talks about Australia being mm. there's something special about yeah, Australia. Very, yeah. And. I've always been told it's totally different to everything yeah. else. I mean, it really is. You've got to pack layers because anything can happen. Four oh, Seasons really? in One Day was written about Melbourne. So you can it can be blazing, glorious sunshine in the morning and then pissing with rain in the afternoon. So, oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, you've got to take okay. a bit of everything. Well I'm, well, I'm looking I'm looking forward to actually seeing something different. I'm, yeah. I, I, I've never been to Australia, so this will be my first ever trip oh, to Australia. So, um, But kind of brief in and out. But for me, it's also understanding what what the Grand Prix does so yeah. I'm really pleased about cool, that cool that's great right back to you and oh. and to these oh please no what <laughs> it's all about you um, just looking around some of the stunning watch designs what is it about watches that you know you're, you're so, so kind of in love with and intoxicated by so watch, watches for me were I think I think watches the start of it's it was in 1996 or 1995 and I've got this watch um, my parents gave me a watch um, and they gave me a Breitling Navitimer it was an old one it was a 50s Navitimer and I stripped it and rebuilt it every Christmas I mean why wouldn't you no, so they were probably seriously pissed off no, they're like we've just no, given them this gorgeous they, watch no, they saved the house so I wasn't taking things to bits at the house. Ah. So I did this so many times. And I loved how this watch... And I broke it and I did so many things to this watch. But my parents brought it and I, and I asked my father how much did he buy it for. And it was £200. And so it wasn't something special. It was special because yeah. it was a gift for, from him. And I took it apart and I understood. And it was a chronograph movement. So I had to kind of take everything to bits in a certain way. And I had a screwdriver from glasses kit and I had my pen knife. And that was it. And I took it bits, and that was my Christmas, and that was the greatest Christmas. And then I started, and I just, I loved how the movement worked. I loved how movements, and I loved how the case was, and I loved everything about it. And I just went, oh, that's my type of watch. Mm. Then, um, scrolling forward, I, I then loved understanding about other watches, and I loved design. So I loved the design of how, and dial colours. And so I lived in New York for five years. And so I used to go to flea markets and trade watches with, with the guys in the flea market. So I'd go, um, I've got a, this watch, I'll swap it for that Monaco. Or I've got this, would you swap it for that? Or I've got two of these, would you swap it for, you know, a Silverstone? A bit and like a... Del Boy then. No, well, <laughs> I like it. But, I, but, but not, but it wasn't, it was just, you know, I think it was every couple of weeks I'd go and trade a watch and it was just and it was just because I wanted to understand what that watch was yeah. so when I say to you about a such and such dial you'd go oh yeah okay I understand because I actually looked at that dial when I was trading watches and it wasn't I wasn't doing a Del Boy because it wasn't I wasn't changing it for money I was changing ah, right, I was literally okay, just yeah, swapping yeah. one for another yeah, and yeah. Because I wanted to see what it was like. I wanted to see what it felt like on the wrist. I wanted to understand how the bracelet worked. How, yeah. And I was just... And I'm one of these people that even like now when I've been talking to you, I've taken the watch off three times. And it's not 
I, you know, I wear a watch for me. It's not, I didn't put a watch on for you today. It yeah. was just like, I put it on. And the reason why I've been taking it off is because I I like how it feels. What does it feel? You know, I like the feel on my wrist. Does Do I like the strap enough? And this is something I've designed myself. Do I think the dial pops enough? And that's me, even subconsciously. I'm, I'm just going, oh yeah, I like that. Or there's like a little chamfered edge on the corner here. Is that good enough? You know, what's, and it's just how my brain works. Yeah. How does your wife Leo cope with this? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's, it's more a question for her. I'd, I'd love to say how does my wife cope with it. I think, well, actually, she she did something um, for me that kind of calm, not calms. I would say she constantly said that I have to go and do yoga with her. Ah. Um, I don't do yoga with her, so I'd love to say that's a real kind of bonding thing that I. But what she did was she. Um, talked to some guys that um, uh, helping or rebuilding something, a car for me at the moment. And anyway, got me an old MGB engine um, and a stand. And so on the weekends, I strip it and rebuild it. And it's just for me. So, and, and that is a type of therapy for you, is it? Is it quite calming to do that? That or making bread. Oh. So I, I making bread, pasta, or one of those things. That that for me is so it's it's either one or the other. Um, that seems quite simple, making bread. Whereas this curious mind, where you're looking at the yeah, but, but even minuscule detail even of a watch. You're taking an engine to bits. It's I I can take that engine to bits in my mind now. I could go. How am I doing it? But the thing is, it's just, it's not about the stripping of the engine. It's just about. That time where, you know, so if I, so on the weekend, I get up about 5.30 and I'll go make some bread. And it's just, you know, and, you know, it's like Marmite bread for the kids or something like that. So I'll, I'll make, you know, and swirls of Marmite through it and I'll just make some bread. And it's more just to, I don't know, you just get rid of it and then I'll go for a run. And it's just like my mind just, and it's not that I've got this mind that spins up. It's just more I love understanding what what's happening mm. with things and and i think to myself is if you're curious about the world you know you get inspired by the world i mean last night i walked from here to my home and i went via the brompton oratory now you kind of go it's a big building it's an old building mm. it's you could see it as this kind of doom and gloom i walked in there and there was this shard of light going in there and i was just like this is inspiring mm. and you just go how is something that I've walked past every single day when I do my walk home and I walked past and I, I went in and I was just like, wow. And it wasn't the religious element. It was just the beauty of this building. And I just think to myself is sometimes I think that's where I, I want to embrace the day. Mm. And so I want to see what's inspiring and, and what, and I just think that, we have such a short period of time on this earth. Mm. We've got to see as much as we can. Absolutely. Or I, that's how I see it. Is and we've got to experience. And if if I can afford my life to experience these things, mm. but even just walking home. I mean, I was walking home, and you know, there was the hustle and bustle around you of people bicycling and running and walking and all these things. And and I was just like, I was in my zone, and I listened to some really cool music and. And as I say, actually, this is this feels wonderful. Mm. So I think that's probably I'm telling you. How does my wife cope with it? I, she probably copes with it because I love, I love life, but I also love my family. And mm. I, and I think that that curiosity of a mind is really great because 
it's trying to understand things and understand things in a different way. Absolutely. And also, I mean, I suppose the most important role we have as parents is to harness the curiosity yeah. of the mind and to help explore that. And that was probably something, you know, even as recently as our generation growing up that it was stamped out you know when I talk about you and Sam both being dyslexic so so what kind of advice do you give to your three kids in order to help them blossom in that to that extent oh, I mean, it's uh, bloody hard I know but if it, it... so there was one that I there was one bit of advice I always gave my children and I still give them when they're growing when they're so it, and it's something that I, I'm it's a quote that was told to me years ago and then I heard it recently uh, and I couldn't believe that how I heard it but it was about when you fall over how you know what do you learn you learn to pick yourself back up mm. and and I always said in life is you know with my with my kids is it's about are they happy so when they come out of school you know it's like with the head head teacher I had this whole conversation and and I said to the said to the head teacher I said look they were talking about academics, they were talking all these things. And I said, the only thing I care about is if my son and daughter walk out of the school every single day with a smile on their face. Mm. I said, if that happens, I'm happy. Yeah. I said, reports I don't care about. I, I don't want the pressure. I want them to enjoy life. I want them to mm. experience life and love life. Now, my son is on the honours list now because he's 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 enjoying, he's playing, he's he's experiencing life and I think that's the thing is you know you've got to find those connections am I could I say to you is am I being a good parent probably not I, I because I'm I'm one of these parents that you know hopefully I'm I'm exploring with them I'm doing stuff but I'm probably not doing enough you know I'm probably well, not I don't think any of us feel like we're ever doing enough no, and, and, there's but, always but guilt that's associated a, but with but that's the same with business yeah. the same with everything yeah. is you know I, I was having this debate uh, with the team recently and I said you know if you're, if you feel like you're not doing enough in this business, but you're enjoying every single day, then you are doing enough mm. because you're you're loving what you do. So mm. you never think that mm. it's actually work. I think. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
what I've been able to take from this conversation so far is that a bespoke approach is is everything. You know, whether you're you're talking about parenting or schooling, education, F1, you know, there is never a one-size-fits-all. And I think, from what I can gather, this is why this rising trend of customization of watches is doing so well, because people don't want to just be another number. They want something that sits with them for life and fits into who they are and represents them. Would that be fair? You and I have got totally different styles, but but we both connect in the same worlds, if you understand what I mean. What we are, if you look at luxury products, Lou Roll is luxury now. You know, there's this big thing that says luxury Lou Roll. Luxury for me has died in the name of luxury. The new luxury, but it's not even new. You look at every high street brand, they have some type of bespoke from your initials being on it to mm, whatever. And it is about the ownership by you. You look at the ownership of you. You, We are a mass market luxury consumers. Mm. You know, no matter what. So either there's two ways to do it. One of them is personalization. Or the other one, other one is get a celebrity and do a celebrity product launch exclusive capsule collection that you can only get on that day for this amount. And it sells out in two, day, two, two minutes or whatever it is. Mm. That's the only two ways, really, you can have something that no, uh, that you become part of a club mm. and become part of something that is special. When you walk into any product and you say, I'm going to buy that, well, you can turn up at any party in the same dress as someone else. But if you have something that only X amount of people, you know X amount of people have that product, then it's yours. It's, mm. it's, you feel special. So that for me is it's like a bespoke suit or, you know, when someone does a lining that's different or or a twist that's theirs. I mean, I've just I've just I just had a a black tie suit and I never do black tie, but I just had a black tie suit made and it's dark, dark, dark grey with black, black tie. And it it looks beautiful because it's different. Mm. Now, is that me being someone that says about bespoke? It was just me saying I just didn't want the same. I want something personal. I want something unique. But I'd say to you is in everything, you look at the car culture, you look at um, and look at all the Formula One drivers. Mm. They all have their personal style. Mm. You mentioned Lewis. When he walks on with those speakers, he's listening to his mm. music, he's doing his thing, he's got a different style to mm. Rosberg or, or, you know. Which actually, quite often, they can only really express through their helmet design, yeah. which is quite cool. You, you get to see a bit of their personality personality come out in that do, do you think that that is do you think it's sort of s- symptomatic of life in 2019 that we do need to feel ownership of where we're going and that has to be represented in the things we have the things we wear the car we drive the what the watch we wear that you know the we w- we want to conform to an extent but equally it's important to us to not stand out but just be an individual as well i think i think yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you, but I would also say to you, social media plays a big part okay. in all this. Yeah. You know, I think that we have become into this world of social media. Um, and I think that if you don't have something that's yours, you can either, it's rented or it's mm. borrowed. It, you know, there's, there's different things. And mm. I th- I'd say to you is that the ownership of you, mm. you know, you think of, I, I, 
I don't know where it was, and so this is where I'm kind of... But I was reading this article about social media and how social media has changed our world. And it was all about consumerism and how when you put up an image of a such-and-such, let's say a watch, you put up that first single image. They were talking about shoes at the time. But you put that single image up of that product and you get 10 likes. You put that up two days later, you'll get six likes. Then you put it up two, three days later, you'll probably get two likes. And you get less and less and less because of the satisf- because you've already said to people, this is the product I've got. Mm. So that is kind of how social media reacts. So that's why people are buying more product because they, they, they're looking at it as a social way. That's the show-off, and that's something I don't like. Mm. I, I'm not a show-off on that side. I know if you look at my social media, you probably see that I am. I'm talking, but I'm always talking about watches or, and like even if I look at cars, I look at cars of product I love, like an old Landy or you know things mm-hmm. that, and I love the idea of the product. It's it's you know like if it, if it's an old Bentley or if it's an old Ferrari, I love it because it's that, you know, or history or something, but. When you look at how social media has changed how we consume things, that is that thing of, like, are we a part of a club? Are we not a part of a club? Are we conforming to these different scenarios? We do. I mean, you know, we always love conforming or feeling part of a club. Mm-hmm. I probably am weird because I don't love totally that, I, because I love being different. I love... And I think that's where I started. I didn't... I wanted something unique. I wanted mm-hmm. something mine. I wanted something oh, for me. It comes back to what you're saying about your dad and your grandfather, that you needed to do something for yourself, and that's been the common thread through your whole life then. That's really interesting. So, and that's, on everything I've done, I've gone, what do I want for me? What was yeah. the thing? You know, like... Taking like, ownership. Yeah, and, and if, you, if you're happy with the product yourself, and you're happy at having it, hopefully other people feel the same. Mm. You know, it's like, I, I did these pencils, and I did a set, um, set of pencils that you, are over there, an aqua blue top and uh, and it was desk envy so i'm probably talking out loud but um 340 pencils and the reason is i i wanted to have something for my desk because i had desk envy so whenever i saw anyone else's desk i always saw these balls that go tick 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 or or something's moving and i always wanted a whole thing of pencils I wanted something that you pick up and you go this is cool I, I've got a whole whole set of pencils um the only thing I would say to you is it, on my desk um they all are exactly the same height because there's an aqua blue top and I love how symmetrical it is yeah but my, so what happens when you use the pencil and you have to sharpen it uh if you look some of these you, some yeah. of the and so I do swap some out just because <laughs> because mine has to be but is that the is that the sort of OCD in you I my wife wouldn't say I'm OCD because she, she would say she. But what I would say to you is, no, I am not OCD. I, I like not, things. I'm not using that in the flippant sense, by yeah, the way, because no, no, I know but, I know there are. Yeah. Anyway, no, I should just I'm, say no. But I'm not. I'm not a OCD. I just I just love how some things love could be. And, and yeah. but I also love the idea of product when you look at something and say, okay, this is a cool product. Yeah. And you go, I really like that because of this. You know, you think about like Domino's. I wanted something. There was a magnetic bo- box. And it was just something that felt like dominoes because I love the idea of dominoes looking like um, bricks. 
So they I wanted, and so I wanted a block of bricks, and that was just how I did it. I was just like, I wanted these products for me, and then if someone else wanted them, and they're all available on Mr. Porter. I'm just doing a plug for Mr. Porter. Yeah. Um, but um, they're all products I wanted. They're want, they're products that I I think. I would love them, and if someone else likes yeah. them, then that's amazing. And that's the Bamford Blue, isn't it? This is Bamford Aqua Blue. This yeah. this took Beautiful me color. a year to develop, um, to get. And what I mean, develop. I spent yonks looking at what color goes against black and what pops. Yeah. Now I always love blue. I'm wearing blue today. Blue jeans, blue shirt, blue. You know, it's stupid. And we're in a blue room. So for me, I love blue. I love black. So it was my two things of how could I put blue? And so it was a white blue. And so how do you have that like creamy white blue that would pop off black in the right way? And so I, I and and we went through multiple blues and multiple reds, multiple yellows, multiple greens to get these colours right. I do actually love the combination of black and blue together. I've never really thought of it until it's, now, but you're but it, right. It's it's cool together. And yeah. and the other thing is it's on both depth, sides it? of it, it yeah. it's and there's something sexy about it, and there's something there's something cool. And I I wanted this pop of blue, just when you pop off and you go mm. black with blue. It mm. just and it it's a great reaction colours. Mm. So. By the way, you have the perfect mind for Formula One. I'm going to go around and interview more and more people in the paddock this year. And the, the theme in it is this, this attention to detail and this obsession with detail and design. Well, you're the same. Um, who is buying your customised watches? Oh, um, so our youngest customer is, I think he's 14 or 15. Wow. And our oldest is about 80. 80 something I'm not going to be rude about the yeah. person say be careful uh, men to women ratio how's that looking women okay. um, and not as many as I thought actually so I, but I would love more yeah um, but there's a lot of women buying for their husbands right but I mean women wearing our watch um, there's about 30% of our clients are women right. um I could say to you is because I can always tell if they're buying for their husband because it's size wrists, all those yeah. different things. Um, I would say to you is I, I want more. Of course, I want more women buying my watches um, because I think personalization works. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, we have, we've matched someone's, um, someone brought in a beautiful pair of Louboutins and wanted the color of the Louboutins, not the bottom, but the color to be matched for the dial of the watch and then they they had a, a vintage uh, was it on or something lipstick and we matched the lipstick for the second hand colour so the stopwatch colour so it was the colour of the shoes and the lipstick and it was because um, her girlfriend loved the colours it, it was just it was one of those cool things it's so saying. deeply personal yeah. then I mean, but these guys have got to have a lot of money to do this yeah. haven't they well, no I, well yes but no what I mean is so you know we start on personalisation we would start at 4,500 and we go up to um, about t- uh, £11,000 okay so it's not it, it's a lot of money crazy but prices, but it's yeah. not crazy yeah. and then then we also have the um, other side of the business that starts at 400, uh, £425 and goes up to £1,100. So we have that's ready to wear, and then we have personalisation that fits. And does your brain ever switch off? Because the question I ask everyone on this podcast is what keeps you awake at night? It doesn't sound like you sleep very much anyway. I mean, you told me that you only had about three hours sleep last night, and that's pretty 
a pretty normal thing for you. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, Plenty of green tea to power you through the yeah, day. Yeah, well, can, but what it, what is it that's keeping you so, awake? Is it just these no, ideas that are whirring around in your head? Everything keeps me awake because I always go and go. Can I be better? Can, what can we do tomorrow? What's what's the next stage? What? And I always look. I always think tomorrow everything could end. You know, and I think that's always my my thing in my mind is what can stop what we're doing. Mm. You know, in anything, in any world, right. what what can stop what we're doing, and and where can we go next, and what's the next thing? You know, I'm not solving any problems in the world. I'm not doing. You know, I'm I'm I've got a consumer product, and I'm selling a consumer product. So it's not it's not one of those things that I would say. But what what can stop me doing what I'm doing? What's what's mm. you know. Could there be a change in the market? Could there be something different? Am I developing something new? Mm. Hell yes, I'm developing. I'm always developing. I'm always going, what's the next thing? Mm. Because it's that... I, I, but it's probably built into me from my family because it's a chamois content. And it's, and, and it's not never content. It's, it's always finding a better way. Mm. It's always that, finding I mean, something that's, new. So, so is, that, is that a mindset that you've inherited genetically? Oh, yes. Or oh, do you yes. think that's been impressed my, upon you? my father my grandfather yeah. you know it's always my sister yeah. as well I mean my sister I, I mean you think that my sister um, my sister's based in Malibu she's um, and you know all the fires that happened and she put on a concert in Malibu um, raising money for for the victims of of, uh, of the fire disaster now did she need to do that probably not but she found a way because she was worried and wanted to give money back into, you know, all the people around that. Now, for me, that's that's just like finding another way. Yeah. I mean, of course, I'm a proud brother, but I'm also, it was one of those things where you just go, wow, that's amazing. Mm. Or, you know, I don't know, she, she, we talk about organic farming. My sister does bio-organic farming, so so farming for uh, when the cycle of the earth and, and supply. So, so, sorry, explain that. What's the difference? So, Organic is you 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 plant whenever. Yeah. Bioorganic you um, when the on the cycle of the earth. Um, so when the moon and the sun rise, you you have to plant and there's loads of different things. She would explain it. I literally um, probably it's really bad. I should probably know. cursing you right now. I think yeah. you explain it better. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not explaining. But she supplies to most of the best restaurants in LA. Um, organic uh, bioorganic food. And your mum as well. Oh, yeah, I mean, my, your mum. No, no, my mother. So, so you think? Let's let's talk about resting on your laurels. My mother, my father, my sister, my brother, every, wife? Every, my wife. I mean, we don't sit around going, uh, you know. But it's also the other thing is I think it's like I don't know. My whenever whenever I talk to my father and if I'm on holiday, he goes, "Are you still on holiday?" Even if I'm one day in. It's just how we are. It's mm. like what, and it's not. We we are the most supportive family of each other, mm. but it's very much go and go and live your life. Mm. Don't sit back and you know. It's it's the same probably the advice that my father gave me when I was dating. He said, you know, you're never going to meet anyone if you're going to sit and watch TV. And I thought, yeah, you know. And he said, go out and experience yeah. life. And I think that's where I I, I think. You know, when you're looking at everything and going to push life, then yeah. I would say to you is that's kind of 
how my family... I mean, it's interesting because it, there's an ambition there that isn't fueled by a need or a thirst for making money. It's about constantly improving yourself and whatever you're developing in the world around you. Well, I'd say money does help, so it's not, it's not, it's not one of those... But, but that's I, not why you're doing it, because no, you don't need... You don't well, need... I, I, you always need money, so need? even if you... Even, even if, more than you've already got? No, well... That's not what's motivating your family, surely, now. I don't. I, you could just I, sit back and put your feet up and... I don't think you could ever sit back and put your feet no, up. No, 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 but, no, but I'm, yeah. I'm saying is even if you were whatever. Mm. You know, you look at the richest people in the world. Mm. They, they don't sit back, do yeah, they? No, no, no. So I would say to you is that whatever it is, it's the drive for, for you mm. and the drive for, you know, whatever your value is today, whatever your ambitions are today... The ambitions are always more the next day. Mm. You know, no matter what. Look at us consuming. Look at us how, you know, you need this holiday or this holiday. You know, mm. and it's not that you need anything. It's mm. just your, your, your expectations have risen. Mm. You've gone to this level, then, you, then there's another level. Or there's, there's always something in life that you move on from. Now, you're saying about money. I, for me, you know... I, as I said to you, I'm not born with a silver spoon. I was born with a silver spoon, but I'm not. Mm. So I don't have that silver spoon. So for me, it's I'm, whatever I make, I make. Is it, is it ever exhausting? Do you ever wish that you could just take your foot off the pedal and chill out for a bit? Do you know I said that to press um, last year? We, we launched... We launched... What was it? One, two, three, four five products last year five five watches so we launched the monaco carbon so that was and launched that at basel yeah. so it was carbon fiber monaco that sold out in split seconds and well not split seconds but it sold out in a very short period of time we also launched the zenith mr porter that's that blue one that's there uh i launched the bamford gmt um uh, and what else and we launched that at selfridges i also s- did threadneedle street that's our, our store in um the city um, I also launched some new products with Mr. Porter. Um, I missed something else I did last year as well. Anyway, I, I did a lot of things. And I, I said to the press, uh, they said, what's next? And I said, well, sleep. Um, I, I would say to you, is, you're saying, do I ever switch off? Do Formula One people switch off? Do, does, you know, no one, you don't, I don't think switching off is, if you switch off, and I was talking to you about, like, when someone says to me about sleep, you know, you should sleep more or you should rest more. I, 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 I went on holiday and I, I don't know, my wife, we were on holiday and she goes, you've got to rest on the beach. And I was like, no, no, no. So I, I went for a run. This is a, we were in Bali of all places and, and it was wonderful. And we'd kind of gone for this kind of family thing and, I'd, and it was really amazing. And, you know, I got lost, and I got lost for uh, four hours. I went, I went running into the. Uh, so I went on a run into the uh, forest or uh, into the woods in Bali, and and literally I'd got, and I, I literally got lost, and literally uh, my GPS wasn't working, and everything wasn't working, and yeah, I, was, I and instead of it being, I think it was meant to be a ten mile run, and it turned out to be. Um, it was twenty something. Miles. Oh my god! You did like a marathon. I know, but I, in the woods, and I, and I and I can show you a little video of, of I went into someone's house to ask them how I could get to the hotel. But that what I'm saying to you is I I'm I'm one of those people that I don't I don't love stopping no. because I think when you stop, my mind spins quicker. 
and I'm not being crazy. I'm not being this crazy person that's saying my mind's, but it spins because I have time to think about other things. Yeah. And so I know that holidays are a good time to think and you clear your outbox, but I clear my outbox every night because I go running. Yeah. So my clear, I clear the day and it's like, you know, let's say you've got a great exfoliator and you exfoliate your, your face you clear the grime of the day that you've had or, or the great day that you've had, you clear it off. Mm. And that's what I do with running. So, so you, in other words, you don't have to stop to rest. Yeah. Well, I don't think so. No, because I, actually running is a, is a type of... It's, it's totally... Calming. Well, it's cathartic. It's yeah. one of those yeah. things that yeah. I'm not... I don't look at time. I don't look at speed. I don't look at anything on the running. I have a Strava app, and I, but I don't look at any of those things purposely because I don't care about them. Mm. I just go, here, I've done a run. Yeah. You know. On that note, we should probably go for a run. <laughs> Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Yes. Thank you. And I, I, you know, I'm in awe of all of these beautiful designs around me. Um, all I need to do is get this cast off my wrist no, and actually I put a watch back that. on. I really can't believe what has happened. <laughs> I haven't worn a watch for about eight weeks now since having the operation. Has it been nice or not? Well. I'm always late now. No, no, I'm only joking. You're never late in F1, that's for sure. Um, George, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Really, thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 